you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, and welcome back to Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Heron, and Us Weekly caught up with so many Bachelor Nation stars, including Tyler Cameron, Dean Unglert, Ashley I and Jared, Chris Randone, Eric, and John Paul Jones. And between all of them, we've got tea on Claire and Tasha. We've got tea on their current relationships, who's single, who's on Zoom dates, who should be reconnecting with who, and so much more. So you're going to hear clips from all those chats, and then Us Weekly reporter Kaylee Stump and I are going to break them all down. Hello, Kaylee. Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm so excited. Oh my God. Thank you for coming back and for doing some of these interviews. I feel like Us Weekly has been on the pulse with Bachelor Nation this week. Oh my gosh, we could not have spoken to more people in Bachelor Nation. I feel like everyone talked to us weekly this week. I know. And the first thing we need to address is that Tasha Adams was finally spotted on set of The Bachelorette. When I saw Tasha emerge in <laughs> Palm Springs, it was like seeing a unicorn. Because <laughs> we've heard for weeks now that she took over for Claire. And yeah. this was finally the first time we saw a clear shot of her filming and not one of the several hundred other Bachelor people who have showed up at this Palm Springs resort. I know the paparazzi finally caught a glimpse of Tasha. It was like the Tasha unicorn being spotted. But yeah, that fully confirms that she's there. She was in a teal bikini, a little white cover up. She looks so cute. Clearly, she's filming for either a hot tub date or a pool date, which makes me excited because that means we might see some like shirtless dudes. But yeah, she's finally there. I'm so excited that she like took this opportunity to go on The Bachelorette. And even though it was so random last minute, I'm sure this was the last place she ever anticipated being like in the middle of a pandemic, taking over for someone else's Bachelorette season. But I'm so glad she decided to go on. And now we have confirmation that she is filming. I know. It was so nice to, again, to see out, see her in that teal bikini. She looks great. It almost gave me some paradise vibes, which, you know, totally. I'm, I'm missing. I haven't <laughs> even spoken to you since this all went down. So what are your general thoughts on the switch up and the Claire falling in love in 12 days of it all? Oh my gosh. Well, Claire falling in love in 12 days is definitely interesting. I mean, I'm so excited for her. You know what? She knew going in exactly what she wanted, you know, listening to her interviews before going on the show and starting filming. She knew exactly what she wanted. She knows who she is. She was not going to go in and waste time. And clearly she did not. And obviously there's so much more context that we just don't know. How do you fall in love with somebody in 12 days, especially when she has all of that, like at her disposal, all the men and the time and the filming and all the fun dates and stuff. But she clearly knew what she wanted and went for what she wanted. And I'm glad that they chose Tasha to take over when Claire did not need to continue filming. And I love Tasha actually spoke to Vulture back in March 2019. And I love what she said when she was, she was talking about Hannah Brown season, but she said, the guys would definitely have to be much older if she was the bachelorette. She said, I require a little bit more life experience, someone who really knows who they are and still aren't trying to figure themselves out. Show up or get out. No BS. Let's go. I'm trying to find a husband. And that was back like over a year ago. And I just feel like Tasha and Claire's guys and what they want and what they're looking for, they know what they deserve. I feel like they align. So I think it was perfect that they brought Tasha in to kind of pick up where Claire left off. Claire's crop of men is probably perfect for Tasha, And also the fact that we had so many more men to choose from, just from the overcasting for the coronavirus precautions, I think it'll work out in everyone's favor for the men having like a double shot at meeting someone and falling in love. 
and also Tasha taking over Claire's crop of men, I think it all lined up perfectly. Totally. I mean, that quote definitely is a, is a good example of why this could possibly work. I mean, there's a huge chance that it won't also just because in general, The Bachelor doesn't work. Um, but I love your optimistic attitude. And I love that you have the receipts that Taysha likes an older guy because we did know, you know, there was criticism for Claire's initial casting that they weren't old enough. So then when they did the revamp, obviously after the delay, they brought in some older men and that seems like Taysha's cup of tea too. Whereas if they brought in a Hannah Ann to take over, it probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have been a seamless transition. Even though who knows if it's been seamless, I guess we'll find out. But Tasha's yeah. type in general, I mean, we saw her obviously date JPJ in Paradise, and she was kind of in a little bit of a love triangle. And I, you, you recently caught up with John Paul Jones, and what did he tell you about this Tasha plot twist? Oh my gosh! Well, JPJ, I know. I feel like that was such an interesting because that JPJ is the opposite kind of seemingly of what Tasha said. I guess after Bachelor in Paradise of what she's looking for because JPJ is, you know, he's only, I think 24 years old. He's young. He still has a lot of like life ahead of him. And I don't think he's ready to settle down, but he, speaking of unicorns, JPJ is just a sweet angel and he's just one of a kind, but yeah, I spoke to him. Um, he's actually has a movie coming out cause he's transitioning from like reality stuff, bachelor stuff. And he's trying to become an actor. He is an actor. He has a movie called Bathtub Chronicles, but we did talk about him watching, possibly watching Taisha find love again. And he said that he probably will watch. And he said, quote, if there's anything that I've grown from in this whole Bachelor experience, it's been seeing yourself on TV or somebody that you're close to. So while it may be difficult to watch Taisha date another guy, it may be to my personal growth advantage. I probably will watch. And he also said, people have been asking him, are you nervous about your ex being the bachelorette? And he said, no, I'm happy for her. He's, he seems very excited for her. I mean, he clearly still cares about her just as a friend and as a person, but he's also pretty far removed from bachelor stuff and Tasha. I don't think they've spoken um, in a while, like since their breakup probably. Right. But I mean, he definitely wishes her well. And Yeah, that was an interesting relationship back when it was happening. I don't think anyone really thought that it would make, like, I don't know, go 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 far. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, JPJ's excited for her and he's, he's just, he's one of a kind. He's, he's a funny one. Totally. I mean, it's good, even though, yeah, obviously what's he going to say, but if he had something really rude to say or mean to say, then we would be a little concerning. So I'm happy that he's taking the high road. They're on good terms. Shows that Tasha's a good person. He's a good person. It just didn't work out. But it is funny to think about, you know, her dating Colton and JPJ and kind of not necessarily what that description of the guy she'd be looking for would be. So hopefully this group of guys would fall more into that category. I know. Absolutely. And I'm also curious, I was talking to JPJ about who he is possibly dating. And I'm just curious to see who he will end up with because he's such an interesting, different kind of guy. And he would not tell me. So really? I tried. I tried. He refused to tell me. If he's, he's a serious actor now. He's a serious actor. I know. He can't talk about his personal private dating life, but we love him. We do love him. That is so funny. I also always forget Tasha was married before she was on the yes, show. I forgot that too. So she has, you know, experience under her belt. She's 29, I believe. I don't know. But I mean, we'll, we'll deal with Tasha when we get to finally see her again filming with the Claire of it all. Mm-hmm. I need to ask you. So we're, you know, as we've, we've been talking about on the show for the last couple of weeks, since this all went down, we are not, we're saying who this person is, mm-hmm. but we are who Claire fell in love with in 12 days. But we're talking a lot about the possibility of, is that even realistic to fall in love in 12 days? And we have a lot of quotes from Bachelor Nation on that, which we'll get to. But I wanted to ask you, you're, we have a source that said they talked beforehand. Um, Claire's friend, Michelle Money has denied that. I believe this person's sister also came out and shut down a report that said they spoke beforehand. Do you think it's possible that they didn't? Claire and um, her suitor. And her, yeah, alleged man. Gosh, well, we know that she definitely went and researched these guys. So she did that. But I don't know if people, especially his sister coming out and speaking out and saying that it's completely false and that, you know, these people are lying, saying that they did speak beforehand. And she claims she knows because they spent every day together leading up to production. She said never once did he reach out nor was ever contacted like Claire. So his sister was extremely adamant about these reports. And I don't know, part of me believes the sister, like she clearly feels very strongly about this reporting that she, you know, put her name on the line for this. And unless her brother completely hid it from her, 
And, you know, maybe she just doesn't know the truth. That's the only way I think it could be true that they were in contact. I also feel like Claire would have kind of respected the rules of the show and waited to get to know the guys in person, even though she did research them, obviously. But I don't know if she would go as far as to like send out some DMs and start FaceTiming these guys before the show. Yeah. Unless they film stuff with production before they even went to the resort. Unless that's something we don't know about. But I don't know. It's confusing. It's very confusing. I mean, the one thing I'll say is you'd think in 2020 with the receipts, it would be hard for her to lie. So obviously Claire hasn't said anything yet because she's still in the Bachelor bubble. We saw pictures of her mm-hmm. and Chris Harrison still on set. So they're keeping her there, which makes sense because it's the only way they're going to guarantee that she can't go rogue times two <laughs> because they're keeping her in Palm Springs. <laughs> they're keeping her in Bachelor jail. Kind of low key. I mean, it's a beautiful <laughs> resort with a hundred pools, so she'll be fine. Yeah. But it's the only way to kind of guarantee that, you know, there was all those reports about her liking tweets and then ABC tried to shut that down. But also why was there new favorites in Claire's Twitter likes for that hot minute? There were screenshots. Like it's all very sketchy and no official confirmation from anyone involved, just like a lot of sources. And obviously the photos we've seen of people who have showed up there, including Ashley, I and Jared. And it was interesting to hear Obviously, Dean and Jared have a podcast together, and Ashley and Jared are married. Mm-hmm. So Us Weekly caught up with the three of them recently to talk about their podcast, Help I Suck at Dating. And Christina Garibaldi asked them all about Jared and Ashley's visit to the set and what their thoughts on if Claire could really fall in love in 12 days. So let's listen to that and then like break down our thoughts on their opinions. So here's the thing. I believe in love at first sight and I experienced it on the show with Jared. Um, So I totally believe in falling in love in 12 days. However, I think the safest way of doing it to avoid all the what ifs in life is to kind of go through the process for as much as time is allowed. Just so that, you know, you never look back and think, man, what would have happened if I didn't go with what I felt immediately and I let something grow. But like, I'm also the kind of personality that I couldn't fake my feelings at all. If I was in Claire's shoes or just in the bachelorette role, I know myself well enough that like, I probably wouldn't be able to fake going on dates and like having to kiss other guys. Right. Yeah. But here's, here's my take on it because obviously none of us have ever been the lead of a show before, but we're friends with like Ben and Nick and all these other people. And it's like, I'm sure if you go back to their seasons after 10 or 15 days of filming their season, they would be like, yeah, this is the person I'm going to pick, Ben for Lauren and Nick for Vanessa. And they're probably pretty, like 99.9% confident that's who they're going to pick. And I'm sure at some point they leaned over to production and they were like, hey, can you just like cut this production short? Because I'm going to just pick this person anyways. And they're always like, no, you can't do that. You signed a contract to film for three months or however long you have to finish out the show. I don't understand why Claire could just be like, yep, this is the person I like. Let's 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 just cut me off now. Like there's gotta be something else to put. And I don't know what it is. And that's why I'm trying to get the answers out of Jared Nashley right now. <laughs> and that's also kind of why I'm a little upset we didn't get the invite. But it just seems a little fishy. It's a little too convenient that Claire fell in love in twelve days and left the filming of the show just to pursue the relationship with this guy. I am not buying it. There's something else going on. Okay. So I I respected Ashley I for kind of playing both sides because she did say I fall, fell in love with Jared, you know, in paradise very quickly. So I get it. But at the same time, if you want to eliminate all the what ifs, mm-hmm. you kind of have to go through the process. And when she said that, I thought that was actually a really smart take because if Claire and this man don't work out, wouldn't you be wondering, well, I did have all those other guys there for I me? I know. It's so true. There are all the what ifs. And obviously... Ashley went through, if this was love at first sight for Claire, Ashley, we saw clearly did that with Jared, but it was not the same for Jared with Ashley. Like they went through their ups and downs. Jared was not in love with her initially. They parted ways and they just became friends. And Ashley dated, you know, Kevin also from Bachelor Nation before they rekindled and fell in love and got married. So clearly there are always going to be what ifs and it can take time. Even if you're meant to be, it can take time to fully fall in love and yeah, like you said, if it, things don't work out, what if there are regrets in the back of Claire's mind and there are other men from her season that pop up and she thinks what could have happened with that? So yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with Ashley. This interview also explored the fact, Dean brought this up, that Becca Kufrin was kind of the last quote unquote traditional ending. Yes. 
which I thought was so interesting because obviously after Becca, we had Colton who jumped the fence and there was no proposal. Then we had Hannah Brown, which was Jed obviously lying and that breaking up and then her almost getting back together with Tyler and her almost getting back together with Peter. And then we had Peter's finale, which, you know, him and Kelly are still going strong as his fifth choice. So (laughs) it's all, it's all very interesting that these last few seasons have been so off the bachelor rails and Claire's is obviously going to follow suit. Even if everyone ends up happy, it's not traditional. So what do we think about that? Do we think that the bachelor is never going to have a traditional season again? Did Colton jumping that fence set this sort of reset that the show is never going to get back to their traditional final roast ceremony? Oh my God. The Colton fence trend. I know it's, I think it's one of two things. I think either the show is stepping outside the box and letting relationships play out more organically as organically as they can in this setting than in the past, because obviously, you know, love and relationships are messy. It's not linear. It's not always clear. And that's just real life. And I don't know if like the producers are trying to let it, the cards fall where they do and let that be portrayed on the show. And that's why these happily ever after endings are not happening for us in recent seasons. Or it could be the complete opposite. The producers, maybe they are intervening now more than ever, and it's completely messing with the leads' heads. I'm kind of maybe leaning towards this, especially listening to Colton recently talk more about his season and how he had to do kind of his own manipulating of the producers in order to get more time with Cassie. The behind the scenes may have become too much of a ratings game, which in turn is kind of affecting like the genuine connections forming with these people on the show. I don't know if the producers are trying too hard and trying to make it super dramatic. Maybe they're trying for the wild, crazy ending that isn't happily ever after because that's maybe what gets the ratings. And that's obviously what gets us all talking and super even more invested until the end. Those are both such good points because you are right. Like maybe they are, as we've seen in reality TV in general in the last couple of years, especially in 2020, we're getting a lot of breaking of the fourth wall whether it's on housewives or on, you know, these Netflix reality shows that are now big. Now there's a lot of plot holes and maybe a little scripted and things are coming out. So it's possible that they are really just letting, I guess, in Claire's situation, you know, she was so in love and she really wanted to see this one person. They let her have that. But at the same time, it's, there's no way the producers aren't at all involved because they, it's, it's, that's the history of the bachelor, right? That's why we have mm-hmm. the show unreal, the scripted fake show with <laughs> yeah. every bachelor lead of the last, whatever have, has told me or other journalists that there's some truth to that. I mean, not as extreme right. as that show, you know, thank God we're not having, you know, a lot of real tragedies happen for the most part, but you know, they've, they've obviously all said that that's a thing. So it's very confusing, but both of your points were right. And I, I agree with both of them, even though they contradict each other. So I guess, yeah. it's, a, I guess it's a combo. I don't know. I don't know. It's so interesting, but I thought it was so funny that Dean told us weekly this week he that he um, prefers the happily ever after that the last couple of seasons, or not these last couple of seasons, but since the Becca stuff. And he he said, quote, I'm going to pick someone and I'm going to pick someone else. It kind of cheapens it, makes yeah. me less excited for the ending of the season. And I just thought that was so funny because that is so not how Dean and Kaylin played out. Like they did not give us a happily ever after ending. Did he not dump Kaylin in paradise? And then end up back with her after the show. And then in the Dean is so funny. I love when he speaks out because he definitely speaks his mind when it comes to bachelor stuff. But totally. He and Kaylin did not give us the happily ever after, at least not on the show. You're right. And it's, it's, it's kind of like a double-edged sword to catch 22, whatever, because as a fan, I want to see the drama and I want to see the plot twist and I don't really want a traditional ending necessarily because it's more interesting this way and more dramatic and breaks the internet. But Mm -hmm. also as a fan, I don't want this show to get so far off the rails that I don't believe in any single couple that comes out of it or that it's is cheapened to an extent, you know, like I, I always joke about Peter and Kelly and I only do it in good fun. I wish them nothing but the best, but it's, it's such an easy way to joke about the fact that, you know, he sent her home before, hometown dates and now they're you know head over heels so I I need like Mm -hmm. a combo I I need some drama but I need I think after this maybe hopefully Matt James's season can be like a pure love story so we can get on track a little bit after this insane coronavirus Claire switch up Tasha swoop in drama (laughs) you're so right it has been so like beyond off the rails more than we've ever seen before but I have faith in Matt James I think yeah, maybe it will be more uh, what we're used to when it comes to his love story. Fingers crossed. 
Yeah. Well, but we'll get to Matt James again when we talk about Tyler's interview shortly, but I do want to touch on Kalen and Dean. I know you brought them up before because he did tell us that they recently reached the 13th month milestone. And Yay. I am shocked and pleasantly surprised. I know that that's, I'm not, no shade. I just, after we watched those two in paradise and like I said, him dump her on her birthday only to come back and her kind of, she was a little, her and Tasha, I feel like split the bachelorette in paradise season six duties last summer we we saw Kaylin mm. have a lot of guys interested in her and a lot of guys interested in Tasha, which makes sense they're both beautiful great catches um and obviously Kaylin was really hung up on Dean but when he left you know she she picked up where she left off with Connor and that was almost a thing so yeah. it was interesting to hear him say that they reached the 13 year mark he's never been a long-term relationship kind of guy so the first couple months were them really getting to know each other after the show and once they got past that initial difficult bump, everything got really good. And then quarantine was obviously challenging. Mm-hmm. March until June, they were cooped up. He said they got irritated with each other like normal couples do. And they're obviously big travelers and they couldn't travel. So he said she was watching reality TV and he, TV and he was playing video games. And, you know, I think like every couple, they hit a little bit of a rough patch in quarantine. But now they're totally. stronger than ever again. I know. They made it through quarantine. They made it through their Bachelor in Paradise breakup. I think it's so funny that both Dean and Jared kind of went on the same trajectory when it came to their women, like Kaylin and Ashley both knew exactly what they wanted, but Dean and Jared kind of ran away scared and then ended up coming back. So I wonder if the love story of Dean and Kaylin will play out the way that Ashley and Jared did. Um, and maybe that's why they have a podcast called Help I Second Dating. <laughs> Honestly, that is such a good point, Kaylee. And it sounds like um, maybe Kaylin and Ashley should host the podcast because they knew what they wanted and they got what they wanted. And Dean and Jared <laughs> kind of had to fall into place. They had to fall in line. I know. But no, it was so... I, yeah, I can't believe that it's been um, 13 months. Yeah, they've been together, Dean and Kaylin, for over a year now. Like, you know, going around traveling in that van, living their best van life, taking like beautiful photos all around the country, all around the world, pre-corona. Geez, I just didn't. Yeah, they're so, they seem so compatible and they seem, they're very committed to each other. And I think this might go the distance. Yeah, like I said, pleasantly surprised. I believe um, on a previous episode of this podcast, we had to predict who we thought was going to break up next. And I think I said them. And I was honestly wrong because it was basic. It's pretty much Garrett and Becca, even though they refused to confirm it. That is basically, you know, what happened. And as far as a wedding is concerned, you know, we know Dean and Kaylin were these wedding bands, even though they're not married and it's their commitment to each other. And they spoke about that on The Bachelor Goat earlier this summer. And um, we asked him about a wedding again. And Dean said it maybe they would have like a party and they would invite invite a bunch of friends over and get really drunk and tell great stories and laugh and cry. I mean, Dean, that's a wedding. Uh, yeah, that's, I'm like, sign me up. Hell yeah, that sounds great. But yeah, that's a wedding. Let's have a party, get drunk, celebrate your love. I mean, maybe they don't want to do like walking down the aisle, big white dress, bridesmaids and stuff. I mean, they're, they are very, they are eclectic. Like they live in a van and they do their own thing for sure. But I love, I love to watch what they do. And yeah, we'll see if they actually have a legitimate ceremony. But for now, they're rocking their wedding bands. <laughs> to each their own. I mean, I always said I have a hard time believing that Kaylin doesn't actually want a wedding. And even Dean always says that. Yeah. But during this interview, as he was talking to Christina, he said something along the lines of, well, you know, Kaylin might think differently. And then apparently she was like shaking her head. So yeah. then he told her that. So obviously she wasn't on the call, but it was funny because she was sitting there while he was doing the interview and she's maintained that she doesn't care. So good for them. We'll see. She's still young. They're both still young. So, yeah. you know, rooting for them, of course, of course, because this is The Bachelor the odds that Blake, who was, you know, part of their love triangle also mm-hmm. at the beginning of Paradise, happened to do a Q&A this week and answer a question about Kaylin because The Bachelor glorious. loves to give us content, right? Absolutely. So somebody so asked Blake, has Kaylin ever apologized? And mm-hmm. he responded, no. I used to think an apology from certain people would make me happier or I could move on. But if you're depending on others to make yourself happy, you can never truly be happy yourself. What Caitlin did was shitty, but she isn't a shitty person. I have done shitty things, and I'm not a shitty person. No one is perfect, especially in front of the camera with lack of sleep, alcohol, and all while being lied to and manipulated. Trust me, your favorite Bachelor Nation person is not nearly as good of a person as you think, and the person you hate most certainly isn't as bad as you think. Everyone is somewhere in between, just like you. Oh, my Lord in heaven. Ominous. <laughs> I know. He, like, I don't know. I feel like Blake always tries to start off on a good foot and tries to, like, take the upper hand and then kind of ends up sticking his foot in his mouth. 
Yeah, totally. And I think he kind of comes a little bit, he reminds me of Colton a little bit, the way he talks about the show in a kind of with a pessimistic tone all the time, mm, whereas they're grateful. And I think they love the fans and where it got them where they are. But Col- Colton also always comes off with, you know, the producers manipulated me, mm-hmm. this and that. And Blake was kind of throwing that shade. And it's always interesting to see who kind of knows it's a game and plays along and who then kind of gets angry as they look yeah. back. But I also think Blake is 100% going to show up on another show if he gets the chance. So don't bite the hand that feeds you too much, buddy. Yeah, so true. I know they they clearly have like a bitter undertone when it comes to talking about the show. And like, I, I can't even imagine. Obviously, Blake was traumatized from what happened on Bachelor in Paradise. And that was just such a nasty kind of toxic situation that he and Kaylin got into last year. But yeah. I just feel like Blake needs to stop ever addressing the situation with Kaylin. He chose once again to talk about it on his social media and which continues to tie his name to that like horrible scenario we watched play out on Paradise, which ultimately made, turned him into a villain and like kind of ruined his Bachelor Nation reputation. So I don't know why he keeps bringing it up. I think you should just swiftly move on. These Instagram (laughs) Q&As, they get people in trouble because obviously Bachelor Nation is shady, 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 and they're only going to ask questions. They don't care what you had for dinner last night. They want to know, you know, I'm sure (laughs) nine out of 10 of the questions was about Kaylin and he picked one and that's the only one I ever even saw a screen grab of on like the vlogs. I didn't see any other questions he answered. I'm sure they weren't as juicy. Right. Exactly. That's what we're going to talk about. Blake is the only one who really benefited from the coronavirus pandemic because there was no stage coach and no Bachelor in Paradise. So he didn't, you know, tarnish his reputation even more. And no, again, not trying to be shady. Blake, I'm sure he's a perfect, per- perfectly nice person. Like he yeah. was saying, no one's as bad as they seem or some people are not as nice as they seem. It's a TV show. But he needed to take a step back. He was already tweeting about Stagecoach 2020 before he let, got all the sand off of him in Mexico last year. So I know, right? I think he fully had plans to like DJ at Stagecoach or something crazy. Oh, like God. he was going to play that up to his advantage, which I think is so funny. But yeah, I think taking this time for him to just chill and relax. And he recently said on a podcast that he's like dating someone long distance. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what comes Blake, but... We will. I'm sure it's not the last we've seen or heard from him. Mm-hmm. Speaking of going down memory lane, Tyler Cameron and Hannah Brown. Uh, we, we we caught up with Tyler this week also. And just hearing him talk about the fact that him and Hannah would probably have been <laughs> wedding planning right now. Like, I'm not ready to let this go. I know. That is so funny. Gosh, yeah. He talked to Christina. That was such a great interview. He said about the wedding planning, he said, it's definitely something I think about. And we've talked about it before. Like, he said, quote, there's all these what ifs, but you can't live in that world. What ifs will kill you? So I try to stay away from that kind of thinking. She's an incredible person. There's no doubt that I think we would have been just fine, but we kind of went our separate ways and are different people than what we were then. So I may seem a little different, a little more difficult. He said that he's lucky to have her as a friend and in his life. And that's important. But yeah, I think that's so funny that they even talk about like, Oh, by the way, can you imagine what would have happened if I would have chosen you and not Jed? We'd be like planning a wedding. I mean, all the time she spent to that house in Florida, I guess it had to come up as a joke in some way, but it was just so interesting to hear him admit it like a year later that he pretty much was like, yeah, we'd probably still be together and it would have been, it would have been fine, but that doesn't mean they want to get together now, which I understand, but it's kind of also like, can you just get together now? I know, but they had the chance, like at the beginning of the pandemic, when she spent that time with them in Florida, I thought for sure they were going to come out of that as a couple, 100%, because they were so flirty on those TikToks and Instagram videos. Jeez, you could just like see the chemistry between them. And they clearly have such like a love for one another. So I'm shocked that it didn't end up working out. But I just think, I think maybe they're too similar. Like I've spoken to Hannah a lot before and I've talked to Tyler before and they're, they're both so sweet, but they're both extremely like outgoing kind of leaders of their friend groups, popular type of people. And I don't know. I think they both would need someone to kind of balance them out more. I think that them as a couple would constantly be in competition with one another is my take. Ooh, that's an interesting take from someone who's interviewed both of them. (laughs) I like that. I know. Yeah. It's interesting. He also did say, you know, they're very different people now. Obviously Hannah's been through a lot with the breakup with Jed, with kind of the whirlwind that Dancing with the Stars, all the controversy she got into earlier this year She's grown a lot. I think, you know, this past year has probably Mm -hmm. been through more than most people go through in 10 years. Um, So there's that. And obviously we know he lost his mother and he's been open about how that has affected him naturally. 
Um, so it does, it was interesting, you know, he pointed out we're different people now and that is very true. Mm -hmm. So as much as I like to pretend that they can just pick up where they left off and erase them, (laughs) she ever chose Jed and, you know, put his salmon blazer back on and (laughs) get in a hot air balloon and with, you know, bachelor champagne and rose petals. I, it's just not really realistic, but even hearing him talk about it, it just like brought me back to a simpler time. It was a simpler time. And clearly that time he holds like near and dear in his heart too, just as much as Wes's fans do as well. So yeah, I mean, all we can do is reminisce and at least they're still friends and they're still close, but yeah, I mean, I'm really curious to see who he dates next and also who Hannah dates next. I, wanna, I know. Like, set her up with somebody. I just don't know who. So Tyler did tell us that he's done a little bit of Zoom dates here and there, some stuff on the phone. I'm sure his DMs are flooded, which, you know, he acknowledged yeah. it's harder to date now because of the show and not knowing who's genuinely there. And he didn't name that Jalissa girl who he was linked to for that hot minute, but he did say mm-hmm. it's really hard because if you're seen with someone, people like us freak out and link them. And, you know, we got the five things to know. We got the dating <laughs> yeah. history. And then he's like, we literally just met five minutes ago. You like kind of ruined my game. And it's like, I'm sorry, Tyler. But at the same time, I don't know. Fans just want to know. We need to know what you're doing and who you're doing it with. (laughs) Totally. And Florida used to be a safe place, but it's not for you anymore, clearly. So um, (laughs) you need to have these dates at home unless you want, don't, unless if you don't want us to talk about it. You know, I know these paps have Florida like staked out in front of Tyler's house. So a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And then with Hannah, I mean, we'll see. We know she's back in California. She hasn't been linked to anyone in the past year besides the Tyler of it all. And when she like went back on Peter season, which that feels like a whole nother life time ago. Totally. Gosh. I really thought she was going to end up with her dancing with the stars guy, but I, I don't think that that was ever even really, really a thing. I know. I really pushed for that. Like every week I would interview her and Alan Burstyn because they were such a good couple on the dance floor. This is like kind of a tangent, but oh my gosh. Yeah. They were like, he's such a sweet guy, but I think maybe he was, I don't know. I don't know. She always shot it down whenever reporters would ask her after the show, like in front of his face too. It was funny but in a very <laughs> kind way, but she's like, no, we're just friends, you know, but yeah, that, they would have been a good couple. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, I think they're all probably just sick of us constantly always shipping them with other people. But like I said, you're in vaccination. Yeah. If you go, if you are known for a show for dating, obviously that's what people are interested in. And, and they, they do acknowledge that. So wishing them the best. Tyler, of course, also spoke to us about Matt and Claire because as you will recall, Matt James was supposed to be on Claire's season. Claire mm-hmm. threw some shade at Matt um, because he had a cameo account and was doing some interviews and stuff before the filming started, before he was named The Bachelor. So let's hear what Tyler said about the Matt and Claire of it all and Tasha stepping in. Here's my thing. I, I, I am, if Claire found love in 12 days, love that. I'm stoked. Like, like, that's great. You know what I mean? But she came at my boy a little bit, you know, with that tweet, you know? And the the funny thing is, is like he Matt had a cameo, but the guy she picked too had a cameo. So you know, Same. it's interesting. But you know, I, I wish happiness because because what comes with this show is tons of pressure after you you know you start dating somebody. And so I hope that Claire and whoever she picks are able to kind of work through that and get past that and really focus on each other because that's what's most important is like yeah. building that connection after the show because. Being on the show is one thing. Being off the show is a whole different thing. Tons of pressure that comes with it. Mm-hmm. So I wish them success. I wish them happiness. Tasha, I'm very excited to see. You know, I, I saw bits and pieces of her on Paradise with JPJ. Mm-hmm. And she's beautiful, amazing. So I can't wait just to see her story and how it all unfolds and, and, and the craziness that comes behind it, you know? Yeah. I mean, obviously, you've been in this situation. You haven't been a lead, but... Do you think it's possible to fall in love in just those 12 days? Like if Matt came back and was like, I left after 12 days and, you know, didn't want to give the whole process a try. Would you recommend that? Here, like, here's like one thing I told Hannah. I was like, like, when we were in the fantasy suites, I was like, look, you do whatever you need to do with everybody. I don't care. Like, you need to figure this out for yourself. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of this, like, if you pick me, you like, there's, there's no regrets of wanting the other person or this and that. Like, you're, like, that's your decision. Right. So like, if you can really make that decision after like 12 days or whatever it is, like, and feel completely comfortable with it, then great. But I think you need the whole experience to, to really kind of see it all through, ask the tough questions and whatnot. So, you know, I would encourage to go all the way through with it. Yeah. But, you know, if you know, you know. And like my dad always said, like, like from for instance, with my mom, like he's the day, the night he met my mom, he said, I'm going to marry her and my kids. Yeah. And like, we're going to have freaky athletic kids. And like, me and all my brothers played football and did really well, you know? And like, so, funny. so like, 
if you know, you know, and hope, and I, I and maybe she knows, you yep. know, and like, and that's awesome. Like that's, that's, that's even a better story than mm-hmm. going through all the BS. So, uh, hopefully that's what it is. Okay. So he obviously made sure that he had Matt's back, but ultimately he's hoping the best for Claire and Tasha too. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I thought it was so funny that he had Matt's back about the cameo thing. Mm-hmm. And he said, but the guy she picked to had a cameo. And that's exactly what I said the last time I was on this podcast chatting with you about the men of Claire's season and like the updated list of men and guys and the guys who made the cut from the original pick. I said that I was shocked that the cl- guy that Claire allegedly picks made the cut for this next round because she fully called him out for having a cameo. So not mm-hmm. only was he on the season, but she allegedly picks him and ends up with him, which is so funny. So I'm glad Tyler addressed that because, yeah, that was just an interesting turn of events. I know. Matt James really took the brunt of the cameo drama because he was he the more well-known figure as Tyler's best friend and was more clearly on cameo because he did do interviews because, as we know, he was raising money for charity. And mm-hmm. he spoke, as weekly, he spoke to a bunch of outlets you know, promoting their cause. And he has a charity with Tyler. And it was much more about that and less about, you know, being on The Bachelor. But obviously, that's what it turned into. And this other guy kind of slid under the radar because Matt James kind of became the face of, if you want to call it a scandal, I don't know if that's really what it was, the, the stuff <laughs> we heard around right. the world. But it's, it's very interesting. And I hope all of this, you know, as as we get closer to this season, finally premiering and finally getting to see everything after we've been hearing about it, because I assume it's going to be sometime in September. I just really want them to be transparent with us about what went down, how it went down, mm-hmm. when, where, why, how, like everything, including these tweets Claire sent. Like I want footage from Claire stepping off the set the day that coronavirus happened to what she was doing, who she was talking to, if she was talking to anyone, who she stalked. And like, I want just full transparency because the cat's out of yeah. the bag. You know what I mean? Like they try mm-hmm. so many times to hide this and sugarcoat things and make them look prettier than they were or more dramatic than they were on this show. And I just hope this season they full on let it all out because there's so much speculation. I know. And there's so many sources and pop photos and so much information that comes to light in the media as they're filming before the show even airs, of course. And I can absolutely see Chris Harrison being straight up from the get-go, night one, like episode one of the season, being like, you know, we know what's been in the headlines. We know that you know that Claire did this and we brought in Tasha. I can only imagine that they're going to be transparent with us because that's completely what we expect. And yeah, I don't think there's any way for them to get around things. I think they're, they're going to be straight up and Chris Harrison's going to tell it the way it is, at least I hope. I, I really hope so. Our last batch of people who Us Weekly spoke to was Chris Randone and Eric Bigger, which random, but not actually, because yeah. Chris, who's from Becca's season, and Eric, who's from Rachel Lindsay's season, they met while filming Bachelor in Paradise season five two years ago, and they really bonded. And they have a book out now, like a workbook for mental health and working on yourself, which I thought was just very interesting. It's always fascinating to me what path these bachelor people take. If they go back to their real jobs, if they focus solely on Instagram, if they go to on every spinoff and a a book is a new thing. I know Mike Johnson has a book coming out too, that also Mm kind of tackles similar issues. So, you know, makes sense. They're the experts. They've gone through it in the public eye, which makes everything even harder. Mm -hmm. But of course the big scoop, you know, we knew Chris married Crystal last Mm -hmm. summer after they met on the show, um, paradise. And in February, very quietly, they released a statement saying they were separating after around eight months of marriage, but we haven't heard anything since. And Chris sent out a few vague tweets about missing crystal. She posted like a pictures of him a few times saying like, he's doing well, don't worry. So we were kind of waiting, like, are they actually getting divorced? Cause this is the first ever bachelor divorce. Like oh legit one. I know, I know that's crazy to think, especially not only like first bachelor divorce, but they fully had their wedding on camera on the show. Everyone watched it. And yeah, it did not last very long. And that was kind of shocking. I was shocked. But Chris told us that he ultimately was not caught off guard by their breakup because there were warning signs and mixed signals, I guess, um, between him and Crystal. He blamed like busy schedules going from Bachelorette to Bachelor in Paradise and the scrutiny he received from that. And basically the speed of their relationship up to them getting married, he said he abandoned himself, which led to issues with him personally. He told us that the breakup was mutual on both accounts, but initially during their separation, Chris told us that he didn't think it would be the end and hoped for a reconciliation, which is kind of 
which was sad to hear, especially because he also told Christina that he had just received the divorce papers. Yes. Um, That was kind of heartbreaking to hear. Yes. Let's hear him tell us right now what it was like to get the divorce papers and the reconciliation of it all, because this was very candid and I was like pretty shocked watching it. So let's have the listeners hear that part of the interview. Now, as of late, it's becoming more real, the separation, which is turning, you know, obviously into a divorce, right? Just got the paperwork not too long ago. It's a crazy process, even though I'm still legally married, you know, it's, it's something that is uh, a, a memory now, right? But here's the interesting thing is I look at this as like a moment of gratitude. And I know that's probably crazy for anyone to hear this, but, you know, you always got to come from a place of love and compassion, Right there are just some things in life that you can't control. And there are things in life that we go through where we might think we want something, but you know, God has other plans or there's another path, right? Energetically, that's just not the route that you're going to continue to go on. And so, you know, as far as like an update, like, you know, Crystal has moved on, right? She has. And, you know, for me, I've accepted that, but more importantly, I've also looked at it as I'm grateful for those few years. Like I take nothing back, like no regrets And like I said, like now it's time to focus on me. I think I had so much energy putting into the relationship that I abandoned myself. And so now like I'm, I'm making sure that I'm a priority and I'm going to be focusing on kind of what's going to help me become better moving forward. And I, and I think, you know, at the end of the day, you know, always make sure that never come from a place of anger and resentment. Like you get nowhere with that, you know? And so we've been private about everything. And I think that I'd rather be private than be in the public and animosity and going after one another. I just don't think that that's the answer. And so it's been a smooth transition to say the least, as far as going through these, going through these steps, but, um, you know, just grateful. And, you know, in, in the, in the future, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Were you hopeful for a reconciliation? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I was at, at first. I mean, definitely had a lot of crying moments during this pandemic. But you know what's crazy is I think the pandemic helped me process the divorce. Mm-hmm. Like legitimately helped me understand myself, helped me understand the pain, the grief. And instead of being distracted with the outside world, like maybe, oh, I'm going to go out with the boys and I'm going to get drunk and I'm going to do this and that. I couldn't do that. The only thing I could do was focused on me and my emotions. And so as time went by, I gained a different perspective. And so as much as I wanted a reconciliation and and the attempts that I made, at least I can move forward knowing that I did that. Mm -hmm. However, though, you know, it's like I said, that's not the path that I'm moving forward towards on. So I'm letting destiny take me and and whatever it takes me on which path is is I'm going to be open and receptive to that. So, I mean, it's sad and you could tell it's still new and hard for him to talk about a little bit, but at the mm-hmm. same time, he kept bringing everything back to this positive spin. And I know he was promoting this book and that was kind of part of it, but it was, it, it was seemed genuine. And it was nice that he kept talking about how much he's grown and learned. And it was like the most positive breakup talk ever. So true. I know talking about how he's just looking at it from a state of gratitude and coming from a place of love and compassion I feel like he is genuine because I remember thinking when I've seen him or heard him in previous interviews, that's just kind of his outlook on life. And same with Crystal too. I noticed that was really interesting and kind of cool to hear from them because that's not always the case when it comes to these bachelor people, as we've talked about previously, but clearly like he's meant to come out with this workbook, which is the perfect time for right now with what we're going through. But no, I loved hearing like how positive he was about everything because it is, it is really sad and he clearly is torn up, but he's moving on as best he can. Yeah, he is. And he acknowledged that, you know, obviously quarantine has been a good time for him because while normally you would, you know, go out maybe and drink with your friends or party and try to push the pain away. He didn't really have that option because we were all stuck at home and you had to kind of look inward and is sad that as that could be perceived, he was talking about it in a positive way of how it's helped him get to where he is now, which is, I, he said when the pandemic is over and it's more, he's done a few zoom dates and thinking about apps and stuff, but when things mm-hmm. are really open again, he'll be ready because he had all this time. And that was, again, such a positive, mature way of looking at things, looking at divorce, which a lot of people don't handle divorce this maturely. I know. My gosh. Yeah. Looking at this pandemic as kind of a silver lining, having to be in quarantine and not being able to reach out 
to material things to kind of fill the void of going through this horrible, sad breakup. And just, yeah, looking back on it with gratitude is that's, that's definitely the best way mental health wise to move forward going through something like this. And even Crystal spoke out, I'm sure, do you want to bring this up? How she just right yes. after our interview, she you have spoke her statement. Up. Yeah. So I just thought it was so interesting because we posted on Us Weekly what Chris said in our interview. And then what was it? Just hours later, she posts, Crystal posted and spoke out and she said, quote, the past eight months have not been easy. I've been torn between mourning a life that could have been and determined to fight for the future. And I know I deserve with respect and support for one another. Chris and I have decided to move forward with filing for divorce. We are grateful for the events that brought us to find one another as we have been great teachers on our journey of personal discovery and growth. I believe that there can be beauty inside of pain when we have the courage to look within with compassion and a willingness to grow. We all deserve to live a beautiful life we love. And sometimes we realize it's time to let go and let God. Thank you for the well wishes and continued support. It means the world. So clearly she she is also on the same page as Chris and they're just trying to take the high road when it comes to their breakup. I mean, you gotta love to see it, right? I it's <laughs> it's hard to be rooting against either of them because they're both handling it so well. And I thought they were a great couple too. You know, they were both kind of villains who found each other in paradise. It was a, a, yeah. a different kind of bachelor love story. And then to see them get married as I said before, this was the first real divorce. And that seems so shocking because obviously so many bachelor couples don't make it, but most of them don't get married either if they're going to break up. So it's sad, but it's just very, it fascinates me. I always bring this up when I talk to bachelor leads on this show or otherwise, I'm like, there's no divorce and no one, they don't even, a lot of times they seem surprised to hear that, but I think it's because no one associates, you know, they just think about the breakup versus divorce, but it's, it's definitely different. Oh my gosh. It's such a bigger deal. I know we expected like kids from them soon. And they seemed like such a great couple. Cause it was interesting that they were both kind of villainized on the show and then they come together and they create this amazing, beautiful couple. And then for it to end not too much later after they said, I do. Yeah, it was shocking, but they both handled this breakup with like grace and compassion and respect and Geez, we wish them well. <laughs> totally. I mean, totally. And obviously, Eric was on the call with him too. And they spoke about if they would ever go back to paradise again. And they both had very similar answers, um, which was basically if they saw someone on The Bachelor that they really were interested in and wanted to pursue and they knew they were going to be in paradise and it could kind of almost be like basically a setup, they would right. go for that reason if that person wanted to meet in Mexico and not meet, you know, behind the scenes. But other than that, they wouldn't just show up just to show up because they've done it before. They lived it. They know it works, but they also know how taxing and emotional it really can be. And I was like, again, another mature answer. Like maybe I need this workbook. I think it's working. (laughs) I totally need this workbook. I know I need to take a page from Chris and Eric's book. Oh my gosh. I'm shocked that Chris said he would go back on paradise. Like after that whirlwind of everything he went through and then ending in divorce, like I, I would think that he would want to just find someone out in the wild and the real normal world. life. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll, but, know, you know? we'll know if either of them ever do show up again, that there was some behind the scenes DMs or daydreaming yeah. or something, because they said they would only go if they had someone on their mind and they knew they were going to be there. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. All of these people who are still single and didn't have this summer of paradise. I'm just hoping that this will make it even crazier and better when we finally do get a paradise or winter games or summer games or whatever spinoff because anyone who's still single will be so ready. I know. My gosh, people are chomping at the bit. Even I am. I'm like, I want to see some hookups. (laughs) Totally. Totally. And I mean, I think we're going to get a little hint of that with the Taysha Claire of it all, but it won't be the same, but we'll leave you with Eric's take on the Taysha Claire switch up because he even the most out of everyone who talked about it is convinced that the producers had a hand at play during the hiatus with the production and is kind of convinced that they were letting Claire even talk to people while the show wasn't filming. So here's Eric talking about the switch up between Taisha and Claire. Well, I have a different uh, idea of what if Mike went down. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love the plot twist. I'm not going to lie. It's must-see TV. I think people are going to watch it for sure. I think over this pandemic, because it was shut down and they didn't have the time to film, I believe maybe the producers and people of the show allow her to connect to some of the contestants, right? And it's kind of like, kind of like virtually date. Right, yeah. Which one she connects to. And maybe when they did start filming, she probably told some of the producers or people of the show that I really like this guy. I think 
he might have a chance. It might have been two or three guys. This is my, I'm just thinking out loud. Yeah. I think that's what happened because honestly, if you think about it, people want to give it a year to feel like you, you should get married. It's like, no, I mean, if you, you know when you know, right? right. It's like intuition is a gut feeling. It's like when you see someone, you just know something about them. Like, I know this person is a good person. So a lot of times I think the love department, we put so much quantity on it and not quality, mm-hmm. like how a person feels. And granted, the environment can kind of trigger that. But, I mean, she's a mature woman. She knows what she wants. She's yeah. not going to waste her time. She doesn't need 10 weeks, 8 weeks. She knows. She knows, she yeah. Knows the decision, and that's what she's going with. Congrats. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tasia, on the other hand, congrats as well. Diversity matters. Mm-hmm. Let's get it. You know, yeah. I think it's really fun. <laughs> and what if she falls in love and finds someone? That's even, even better. So, they did it right. I mean, these, these people are clever. They have this. You're going to have to watch now. Okay. I mean, we have Bachelor Nation's opinions. We have our opinions. We still don't really know, but we've seen Tisha on set. We've seen Claire on set. We, every day we wake up is another day we're closer to having new episodes of The Bachelorette, right? That's all you we know have. What? I know. That's what I tell myself before I go to sleep at night. And that's the first thing I think of when I open my eyes. One day closer. <laughs> Same. One, every glass of red wine is another... <laughs> Step closer to what I'll be taking in front of my TV screen, watching this disaster, but beautiful, this beautiful disaster Uh, of a show play out in front of me. Absolutely. We'll leave you with that positive thought. And don't forget to come back next week. The Bachelor Goat has two more episodes left, including Nick Bile season. So we're going to be breaking that all down and so much more because this time next week, who knows? Who knows what will be happening in Bachelor Nation? Maybe maybe Hannah will be back in Florida and our interview about... Tyler and Hannah talking about wedding planning worked and she read it and she's on a plane right now. Maybe I just made that up. We'll find out next week. From your mouth to God's ears. Yes. Thank you so much, Kaylee. And I will talk to everyone next week. Bye.